Hello and welcome to a God Shift Podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. In these episodes, you will learn how to grow your faith, overcome adversity, and move into a greater destiny. Individuals, organizational leaders, and ministry leaders share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am excited that you are here today. We are in for a special holiday treat. And I know you're like, Shana, you never do anything specifically for the holidays or drawing attention to any one thing in particular. So I hope that gets your interest peaked right off the top because this one is going to be slightly different, but I am excited. So before we get started, listeners, I would love if you would do me a favor. Wherever it is that you are consuming this podcast, I want you to take a screenshot. So whether it's on your phone, your tablet, your computer, take a screenshot and post it on your social media. When you post it, number one, tag us here at a God shift. But then secondly, what I want you to do is I just want you to give me your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Because the more hands that these episodes get in, the more lives that can be changed, the more people that can recognize whatever it is that they are going through, that there is hope on the other side of that disruption. So thank you in advance for sharing this episode. I really appreciate it. All right. I am going to read my guest bio today, and we're going to get into what I know is going to be a very good conversation because I met her in August at a Christian Women's Writers Conference. And I sat in one of our classes, so I know she's a great teacher, so I know that this is going to be a great conversation. So here we go. My guest today is an award-winning author, speaker, joy seeker, and weight loss warrior. After losing over 100 pounds in her joy-filled journey of healing, God instilled a passion within her to boldly exclaim the good news of great joy while encouraging others to do the same. A former casual Christian, y'all know I use that word a lot. She speaks <laughs> and writes for women worldwide, sharing the freedom Christ offers when we choose to trust God and seek him in his word. The Christian product book award winner and Salah award finalist, Seeking Joy Through the Gospel of Luke is her debut book. You can find her transformational story and Bible and Beans blog, and we're going to give you that information at the end. And for speaking in inquiries, you can email her as well. And all of that information is going to be in the show links. But I want to welcome to the show, Christine Tramp. Shana, thank you so much for having me. Of course, I am overjoyed to be joining you today. <laughs> yes, I love it. I'm glad that you're here. Like I said, you and I met um, just a few months ago at the time of this recording. It is November the 1st. So we're entering into a month, a new month. You and I met back in August. Um, we're both members of AWSA, Advanced Women Speakers and Writers Association. And I got to sit in in one of your classes. So I know as soon as you sent out the, the memo, like, hey, I need to be on some people's podcasts. I was like, oh, I got to get her. <laughs> so you. glad to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I want to give a little bit of context to the conversation before we get started, because most people, when they hear the name of my ministry is a God shift, 
they get all excited and their eyes light up because they're like, oh, that sounds so cool. But if we're being honest, nobody knows what in the world a God shift is. So my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose and moves you into a greater destiny. And I personally believe that there's a number of ways that we can partner with God on that journey. And just one of those is exercising our kingdom authority. And my definition of of kingdom authority is the birthright that we have as children of God to actually partner with him to see scripture come alive in our lives. But Mm. I always start every single episode off by asking my my guests, what is your personal definition um, of kingdom authority? I almost called you joy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a great question and gave me a lot to think about when you prepped me for this. But I have been through a major disruption in my life. As you mentioned, I lived as a casual Christian for so many years, raised in a Christian home, but I was not in the word of God every day until I was 50 years old, Shana. And so I did have this major disruption in my life and the word of God has completely transformed my life. And now I know by getting to know Jesus in his word that I know that he is my good father, that I am loved, that I'm favored and I'm approved by him. And I've learned so much through spending time in his word. And one of the very first books of the Bible that I picked up and started studying when he wooed me back into this relationship with him was in Ephesians. The book of Ephesians was so impactful on my journey. I recognized that for so many years, I had been craving all the wrong things and comforting myself with all the worldly things. And all of that time, I was craving joy. And reading through Ephesians, especially chapter two, I I now realize that, you know, God has invited us to sit with him in the heavenly realms and that we have been called for a good purpose, for his good work. And just by grace alone, you know, he's in in my in my years leading up to the age of 50, I would say that I probably was living for the Lord by being a good person, you know, yeah. wasn't having a deep relationship with him. So yes, knowing now that through his word, that how good he is and how he does disrupt our life. I mean, it was a, it was really a crazy moment when I had my turning point and, but that's how I would define this kingdom authority that he's given me now. It's all through his word. I love that. I want to back up before we go forward. I want to talk about what it means to be a casual Christian. Okay. Um, I love that term. I've actually been using that term myself for about probably the last five to six months. Um, And the way that it came about, I didn't even come up with it. I had hired um, an agency to help me get booked on different podcasts. And I was trying when they were asking me, like, who my ideal audience was. And I was trying to describe to them. I didn't have the eloquent, eloquent words of casual Christian at the time. But I was telling them, I said, I'm not just looking, I think I said average. I said, I'm not just looking for your average Christian. And I said, and let me tell you what I mean by that. I'm not Mm -hmm. just looking for the person that believes there is a God. They go to church, but their life doesn't necessarily demonstrate any fruit that they believe that there is a God. I'm actually looking for a committed Christian, someone that says, I know I'm not going to always get it all right, but here's what the Bible says that I should do. Here's how the Bible says I should live and I strive every day to try to get that right the best that I can. The words that come out of my mouth, 
align with the fact that I'm a believer. My actions, my decisions align with I'm a, with the fact that I'm a believer. And I said, and I don't know how you want to put that in writing when you're looking for audiences to book me with, but that's what I'm looking for. And she goes, you're not looking for a casual Christian. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would love, love for you to unpack that a little bit more if you can, um, because I want I want to make sure that people are not just being casual Christians if they don't desire to be. Yeah, that's so good. We do have so much in common, Shana, as far as the audience that we're trying to reach with God's good news of great joy. But I think back to my years of being raised in the church. I went to all the children's programs like Pioneer Girls and Awana. I mem- I was so good at memorizing verses. And yeah. I do thank God for that because a lot of those verses are still in my heart. And in high school, I was involved in campus life and my group of friends that I still have to this day were all Christians going to campus life, bringing our friends in, you know, trying to get them, uh, evangelizing them. And then I went away to college and that's when my relationship with Jesus started just becoming very casual. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents encouraged me to find a church in the town that I was going to college and I didn't do that. That was not a priority to me. And now when I think of a casual relationship with someone, it might be someone that I might, you know, say hello and spend a few minutes, 10 minutes talking to in the grocery store, you know, just to catch up on what our children have been doing. There's no prioritizing anything about this relationship. And that's what I did for so many years, even though like you, I, I wanted to live like a good moral life. I thought I was doing the right thing by doing a being a moral person. But like I mentioned, I all those years I had been craving something that I didn't know what it was. And once I discovered the fruit of joy in my life from being in God's word all the time, that's when the relationship began to change and shift and became so much deeper and much more intimate that now if I, in my past history, I would spend maybe an hour a week or every other week preparing for like a Bible study. You know, I was going to Bible study because I was trying to do the right thing. Right. Yeah. But I didn't want to show up to Bible study without my homework done because type A person, I got to, you know, show some effort. And so that was very casual approach to my time in the word of God. And now, uh, now I sit down with my cup of coffee. I call it my Bible and beans time first thing every morning. And I go on this joy seeking mission of just being uh, equipped every day in his word so that I can go out and, and share the difference with people about what, what has changed in my life, how I have gone from having a very casual relationship with Christ to him being the center of everything I do, say, speak, write, all of that. I love that you um, talked about relationship. And I'm a person that believes that for every spiritual principle, that there's a practical parallel. And I love the example that you gave of you know, if you have a casual relationship with someone, you equate it to like someone that you see in the grocery store. You don't know them. You stop and say hi. You may compliment them on their on their shirt or ask them a question about why they're choosing, you know, this ingredient over another ingredient. But that's about (laughs) it. And I came to a realization that this is when I distinctly realized that there was a difference between religion and relationship Mm. Because I drove past a church one day. Don't even remember where it was. I don't even know if it was in the town that I lived in. And on the marquee of the church, it said God doesn't just want weekend visitation. He wants full custody. 
And I realized at that moment, it was such a conviction moment for me because I realized that I had become a Sunday Christian. Mm. I realized that outside of praying at night before I went to bed and saying grace over my food, I had zero relationship with God other than on Sunday morning. Mm. And I was like, I don't know who came up with that, but that was a very um, smart thing to to say is that he's not just look, looking for weekend visitation. He's he's looking for full custody. And so that was the moment that I was like, ouch, I would never want to be in a relationship with a man that only came to see me once a week. Right. He ever called me and he only came to visit me once a week. I wouldn't consider that to be much of a, of much of a relationship. And I care more about what God thinks of my relationship with him than what I care about what my relationship would be with a man here on, on earth um, that I'm just dating. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so yeah. I believe that that was the moment in my life that I was like, oh, so this is so much more about relationship than it is about, about anything else. And it takes a lot of the pressure off too, because I was smart enough to think about what you do in a relationship that, is, that means something to you. I didn't have to get spooky. I didn't have to get deep. I didn't have to go to seminary. I didn't have to go try to find a book. I just had to think to myself, what do you do with a person that you're in relationship and that relationship matters to you? And I just started doing the same thing with God. And I really didn't right. have a ton of thought to it other than that. Yeah, definitely. Spending time is what you want to do with someone who you want to strengthen and deepen your relationship with for sure. Yeah, that, that was a great saying slogan that got your attention. It definitely did. It was a form of disruption. So let's talk about your disruption a little bit, Christine. You say you find yourself at a point in your life where you go through a disruption and you recognize that you had been craving all of these things in the world, Mm -hmm. that you should have been craving joy all along. So I want to talk a little bit more um, about, you know, what you learned during that time. How did you specifically discover that it was joy that you should have been craving and not all the other things that you had been seeking previously. I'll go back to my turning point moment when I was on a 25th anniversary trip with my husband. We were happy to be away from home and go to Colorado for the first time he had been to Colorado. So he was very excited And we went to Rocky Mountain National Park. And this day I walked around, hiked around Bear Lake, which is kind of a flat hike. And I did okay with that. But my husband's like, hey, I want to go over to Nymph Lake. And so we walked over to the trailhead of heading up to Nymph Lake. And I mean, up, like I looked up and I thought there is no way I am going up this trail because at that time I was morbidly obese and hiking just was not my thing. Uh, but I gave it a good effort because I didn't want to disappoint my husband. And I went up the trail with him and I, I did not get very far when I had to sit down and say, I just can't go another step and sent him on his way. And he was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. Just go. I'm, there was a stump there that I sat on. I actually have a picture of myself sitting on this stump, which I have no idea what possessed me to take that picture, but I'm really glad that I did because it's really the turning point in my life. I'm like, I have a picture of this. And at that moment, I just sat down and I had tried for 30 years in my own power to lose weight by 
counting Weight Watchers points and, you know, doing all the things. I I joined every type of man-made diet program possible, but I remember sitting on that stump and I didn't even ask God to help me lose weight. I just asked him to help me be- help me feel better. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to feel better. I wanted to be able to walk up a path, you know, and enjoy family events, which I had not been doing for a number of years due to my health. And I I remember feeling a sense of peace at that time. There was tears were welling in my eyes, but I had dark sunglasses on so nobody could see that. But I just walked away from that moment knowing that something had changed and that when I got home, I set a resolve to make a doctor's appointment that I had been putting off for years. And I finally felt the peace and courage that it was going to take to make this appointment. It was going to be a sleep study. And I knew I was going to come home with the CPAP machine, which I didn't want to do. But I have to tell you, when I got home that Monday, I called the sleep doctor. I made that appointment. I had my sleep study. And from that point on, God just dragged me along step by step with everything that I needed to change my health. And as soon as I started sleeping better is when I started waking up in the morning refreshed and finally decided to pick up the word of God every day for the first time in my life. And that is really, that's the major shift that happened in my life and and changed my health forever. Not just my physical health, which I'm so grateful for, you know, for the weight loss. And I've reversed so many chronic health conditions, but he helped me heal emotionally. I, I didn't know how unintelligent I was emotionally, even being a very intelligent person with a corporate career. Um, And then how depraved I was in my spiritual health. You know, it's, it's amazing the journey that uh, he took me through and I give him all the glory for it because I finally put everything together, how to heal my body, mind, and spirit and how he has made us uniquely, intricately human and how each aspect of our health is important to focus on. So that's the time in my life that I really, you know, overcame a diversity adversity and um, just started on this really joyful journey with him. That I- yeah. Joy to yourself. So you have to talk about it, right? <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about joy a little bit more, um, Christine, before we go to the break. So in this moment um, that you're having this, this aha moment about your health and what needs to, you know, the changes that need to be made, it ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, you did the first natural thing first and said, let me go to somebody in the natural that can help my physical body. But mm-hmm. then you were wise enough or intuitive enough, whatever it was that led you to, you know, pick up the word of God. And so how did you discover joy during this process? Did you just realize like, hey, as a result of these changes, I'm now more joyful or, or how did you pinpoint joy out of all of the things that you could have walked away with? Right. Like I'll, I really appreciate and love all the fruits of the spirit, but like joy is my jam. Like I can't stop talking about the joy of the Lord is my strength because, you know, first of all, going through a weight loss transformation is crazy hard, you know, and it's something that I tried to do for 30 years. And because of the goodness of God and because of what he revealed to me and how I was not eating the right way for my metabolic health, Mm -hmm. I just felt like everything that I learned was just a little nugget from him to keep me going. And overall, in hindsight, I now see that it, it was a heart transformation, completely a heart transformation, which 
I can relate it to a weight loss journey because a heart transformation that I've learned through studying the Psalms and through studying David's writings is the heart trans, you know, the heart is the, is your innermost being. It's the wellspring of life. And to transform your heart, I've learned that it, you have to examine your, your emotions and your thoughts, and you have to cling to that motivation that he gave me. He, he kept me motivated the whole time. And it took a lot of courage to come out and begin, you know, talking about this and change my career and all of that. And, and the last part of a heart transformation is you have to act on it. Like yeah. you, your heart has transformed. God is calling you to do something with us. He's again, from Ephesians two, he's created us for good works, you know, to, to serve him, to worship him, to give him all the glory for all of this. And so that is, uh, what the joy that David talks about in Psalm 4 7, you have he's filled my heart with more joy than when their wine and grain abound. And I love that verse because it, it's so relatable to me as being a recovering food addict. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he's given me more joy. There's his word and the journey that he's given me and the fruits of the spirit, everything that he's gifted me with more joy than any comfort I could have taken from this world. Food, drink, what, you know, whatever it he's completely flipped the cravings of my life. Listen, I can take a page from that book because um, food gives me joy. I tell people all the time, like, I don't think there's anything that makes me happier than food. I say all the time, find a man that makes you feel the way you feel when you see the waiter coming with your food. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. Bad cravings. So I want you to um, complete this for me before we go on onto the break. But if a person has joy, mm-hmm. what can they expect in their lives? So if I was to say, um, with joy, you can or you will, like, what could a person expect um, to accomplish or for the end result to be when their lives are full of joy, full of joy? Okay. So when I was at my mountaintop experience of more joy in my heart, I had reached my weight loss goals. Everything was going splendidly in my life. I was being called to speak and write about it. And I was considering a career change, which I eventually did do. But then I had a very difficult situation in my life. Uh, come up. My son was in a serious car accident. He was rear-ended at 70 miles per hour, and he's not been the same since that car accident. And so we went through a very difficult season with him and praise God, he started me on my healing journey six months before my son's car accident. So I was a step ahead of him, right? That's how I like to think of it. But I learned through this journey with joy uh, with Jesus is that joy is not based on our set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. I went through really, you know, I w- was a 24-7 caregiver for my son and it was a really sorrowful time, lots of suffering, lots of unanswered questions. But I learned through that whole process that joy and sorrow, joy and suffering, joy and grief can coexist. And still every morning I could get up and face each day, knowing that the joy of the Lord is my strength. He's going to get me through another day. And so, yeah, joy, uh, Shannon, you might be surprised to learn this, but I went to go look up statistics on joy on Google not that long ago when I was preparing for a speaking event. So I, I put in the Google search bar, joy statistics, 
every single headline on the front page of Google, not a single one of the headlines included the word joy in the headline. Wow. It, it, it said happiness, 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 happiness. The world does not understand this true joy of Jesus. Yeah. It, and joy is the least studied emotion, despite it being a primary human emotion. So there's just so much we have to learn about joy. But but I, I like to exclaim, I have this boldness now to share about it and, and say, you know, that it has to be settled in your heart. And that's where it, you know, it just overflows from. So that's, that's what I learned about joy. You know, it does, it can carry you through the most difficult seasons too. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, it can change your health. It can change your relationships. It can change your money because you said that it can, it can coexist with whatever it is that you're experiencing. Like you can be down and still be joyful, right? So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to share some tips of how someone does that. Because I think the the average person is going to go, now, how in the world can I be mad and joyful? How can I be sad and joyful? How can I be sick and (laughs) joyful? So I'm sure you've got some tips for that. And we've got some um, exciting um, things coming up that we want to share with the audience as well. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll go in that direction. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you out of disruption and into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to godsaysshift.com to access it now. So let's give some tips. I love stories and I love ideas and concepts, but I love transformation more than anything. And I think in order for us to have transformation, we have to go beyond information and get to things that people can actually apply. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, Christine, if someone is listening to this podcast and they go, I'm, I'm looking forward to adding joy to my kingdom authority tool belt. I've been listening to Shana's podcast for a while. She and her guests are always giving me all of these different ways that I can exercise kingdom authority. They may or may not be shocked to recognize that joy is something that they can add to their um, practices of kingdom authority. And so they heard us say, or they heard you say, that joy can coexist with anything and everything that you're experiencing in your life. Mm -hmm. So if there's someone that is listening to this episode and they're struggling to figure out how they can have joy in the midst of whatever their disruption is, what would be your best tip that you would give them of how they can let joy um, trump, if you will? It it really is as basic as choosing joy. <laughs> I know that it's a common saying, choose joy. But when I look back on my life before I got into God's word every day, I didn't wake up every day with the intent on choosing joy. I woke up every day just hoping I could get through the day and not have to take a nap, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so choosing joy is of the utmost priority. And I love to invite people into a joy-seeking journey. And 
because you have to choose it, you have to find it first. Like, where do you find this? And of course, the best tip that I can give to people and hope that it rubs off and that they put it into practice is to pick up God's word every day. And I love to recommend first thing in the morning because that really, truly sets your day. It sets you up for a successful day of choosing joy. And uh, you can find joy even in the hardest passages of scripture, scripture that you can't understand. If you sit down and you just ask God to reveal the message that he has for you that day. But I particularly love the gospel of Luke, which is what I've written my Christmas devotional through. And so I know inviting readers in on this joy seeking journey, you know, there are some several chapters in the gospel of Luke that get really hard and heavy when Jesus is facing Calvary, but you can find the joy even between the lines, between the messages, between the stories, between the parables that he shares. Uh, yeah, it, it it's found in his word first and foremost. Don't confuse the world's definition of joy, which they find as happiness. Yeah. And God's definition of joy, which we find yeah. in his word. That's so good because there is a difference. Um, that's why they're different words. <laughs> you know, there is definitely yes. a difference between right, joy right. and happiness. Like happiness changes depending yes. on what you're experiencing and how you're feeling. Joy mm-hmm. is there regardless. Right. Um, you know, when people ask me, how are you? I say, I'm grateful. And they're like, oh, well, that's nice. You know, and I'm like, yeah, because despite what's going on, I still have so much to be grateful for. There's a lot that's not going the way that I want it to go. There's a lot, right. of, you know, that I feel like is falling apart, whether it really is or not. But then I look at all of the things that I am yet have in my life that I, I should be grateful. You know, mm-hmm. I've got I've got my health. I've got my strength. I've got my children. I've got my mom. You know, I've got all these things that I'm still grateful for, regardless if there's certain circumstances in my life that are not, um, you know, going as planned. But I'm not always happy. And so I can be grateful and pissed. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that I can be joyful and still be pissed. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I just have to choose to lead with the joy. Does it? Yes. It may not yes. change the fact that there's something that has caused me to be pissed, but I have to choose to lead with joy. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, exactly. Like I definitely was not happy that my son was in that that catastrophic car accident. I wasn't happy that we didn't know what was going on for him for a couple of years, and I didn't know. I, I definitely wasn't happy about the you know, the prognosis that he was given, he has a, he has a traumatic brain injury. So it's, you know, there's a lot of unknown things when it comes to a brain injury, Uh, not happy about all of that, but thank God again, he, I was in his word, studying his word. Um, I love to say in my health coaching, when I tell people about this new way of living, new way of eating, I like to say, you have to learn the science to apply the science to change your life. And that's, yeah. we can say the same thing about our knowledge of God's word. We have to learn it. We have to apply it to our life and and then watch your, your heart is going to be transformed. Your life is going to be changed. That's so good. Well, mm-hmm. I'm excited to, um, to talk about this book um, leading up into the Christmas holidays. But before we talk about that, Christine, is there anything, um, any final words that you would like to share with the audience? Well, I would like to say one more thing about the difficult seasons and the desperate situations. Um, I, with my son's circumstances and everything that we've gone through, we actually had to go through a legal trial, which was very stressful. 
But one thing I want your audience to know that I learned through that trial, that trial, and it it's all because I have the joy of the Lord in my heart, is that no matter what the outcome was, my job was to trust God. And God's job is the outcome. That's truly what it came down to. And the only reason I could accept that and deal with this trial in life is because of the joy that he had buried deep down into my heart, which has to overflow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. I like that. I always say the how is none of my business. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the how is God's yeah. business, but now I want to add to that. Like the how is none of my business and I'm going to be joyful while he figures it out. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I like that. The how is none of my business. I'm going yeah. to start saying that too, Shana. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, as a coach, you know, this, how mm-hmm. we're going to accomplish what it is that we're going to accomplish is the main thing that keep most of us stuck, whether mm-hmm. it's in our business, in our health, in whatever it is that we're doing. That's why many of us don't move forward is because we don't know the how, or we don't know all of the hows. And I'm like, listen, when God called me to ministry and he told me that I would preach and teach in stadiums, that I would have a television show and that I would work with celebrities and politicians, I have no idea how that's going to happen. Still don't. Right. It's not my job. My job is not to figure it out. My job is to, you know, be in expectation that if he said it, that he's going to do it you know, to make room for what it is that he said he's going to do, steward what I have in my hands now. Like those are all the things that I can control. You know, Mm -hmm. working with celebrities and politicians is, you know, they're not going to come to my opt-in. They're not going to participate in my five-day challenge. So there's no sense of me sitting around trying to figure out how I'm going to make any of these things happen because they're not in my, they're not in my control. Right. Exactly. And it's just, we just need to step out into obedience. That's whatever he's calling us to, you know, and, and the ministry life, as you know, is not, is not easy. I don't know about you, but I never expected this in my life. I never expected to leave my corporate career and before I retired. So yeah, just being obedient and, and spending time in his word every day, listening to his voice and saying, I'm here putting our yes on the table. Yes. Yep. So let's talk about this book. I already know what the book is about because I already met you. But yeah. let's talk about this book. It is Christmas time, y'all. Um, at the time that you are hearing this recording, we are getting ready to head into the Christmas season. I love Thanksgiving more than I love Christmas, but most people like to just skip right past that and get to Christmas. So tell us about this book. Well, when I was called into writing and ministry, I started blogging through the Gospel of Luke on my blog in 2018. And I would just post like little snippets of a takeaway. I love the Gospel of Luke for the Christmas season. First of all, Luke 2 has the traditional Christmas story that if you hear a scriptural um, story about the Christmas story, you're going to most likely hear it from Luke 2. So I went into Luke 2 and I also had seen social media memes around that, like there's 24 chapters in the gospel of Luke. Let's count down to Christmas through the gospel of Luke. And I thought that's a great idea. So did that in 2018, 2019. And by blogging about them, I would just post like a little daily meme and a little takeaway. And then in 2020, uh, you know, we were in a global pandemic and starting in October, the Lord started impressing on my heart that he was going to do something different with this blog series. 
And I didn't quite exactly understand that, but the lyrics from Oh Holy Night, the weary world rejoices kept playing over and over in my mind. Now that is my favorite Christmas carol, but October was a little bit early to be thinking about that. But I looked around and I did see a lot of weariness. We, The world was weary. I was weary. I was weary. I was sad that I wasn't going to be spending Christmas with my, my parents and that Christmas 2020 was just going to look very different. And everyone was confused. Um, so I got the message to share this joy that he had given me. This, The weary world rejoices. You know about joy, write more about joy. And I didn't want to do it because, again, I was weary. And I knew that writing more was going to take a lot of work. And I just really was in a weary season like the rest of the world. But I'm so glad that I stepped out into obedience and to what he was calling me to because each day I wrote like a chapter length of a reflection on Luke. And when I posted it up on the blog and to my readers, to join me on this journey, I presented it as a joy-seeking journey. I'm like, hey, I know we all could use a little extra dose of the good news of great joy right now. So that's how that happened. I wrote like a thousand to fifteen hundred words a day, posted up a, a blog post, and about halfway through the month of December, the Lord impressed on me that this could be a book, and that made me even more excited and kept me motivated to keep going. Because let me tell you. Writing that much every day is hard work, and but um, I was able to put it into a book in 2021, and it came out in October 2021, and it was uh, so much fun. It was just, I can't believe how God has blessed me writing. I'm an accountant by trade. like I spent my entire career in accounting, and now I'm writing and speaking, and it's just been a crazy joy ride is what I like to say. So that's how the book came to be. Awesome. And what's the title of the book? The title is Seeking Joy Through the Gospel of Luke, A Christmas to Calvary Advent Countdown. And I love the subtitle because one of my other intentions going through the Gospel of Luke, people are like, well, the Christmas story is in Luke too. Why are you going on through the whole rest of the gospel? But uh, there's a lot of people that when they hear the Christmas story, they don't know the rest of the story. And so it was my idea to equip people who would do a Christmas Advent devotional to get to know the entire story of Jesus so that they could share the good news of great joy, not just about his birth, but about his childhood and about his earthly ministry. And then, of course, about his saving work on the cross at Calvary. Awesome. So, Christine, where can our listeners follow you on social media? Uh, they can see where I'm at on all the social media platforms are all linked on my website at christinetrimp.com. And right now on my homepage, there's a quiz if anybody's curious about how what kind of hurdles they're encountering when it comes to living healthy and well. There's a quiz that I have up there. And then also I have bonus chapters of Seeking Joy. I have two bonus chapters that I'd love to share with you as an early Christmas gift. I like awesome. to, who doesn't like early Christmas gifts? And you can find that at christinetrimp.com forward slash joy. That link, that website is, has all the details about the book, Seeking Joy Through the Gospel of Luke, christinetrimp.com forward slash joy. Perfect. Perfect. And I will make sure that the links to those are in the show notes. 
so that people aren't asking the question of the day, how do you spell trip? That will be in the show notes. <laughs> yes. um, but Christine, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Um, we're doing something a little different and doing a special episode for the Christmas holidays. So hopefully this will get people um, in the spirit of Christmas, especially if, you know, Christmas can be a time of year that if they're not having things in their life that are going the way that they want, they have a hard time, you know, getting into the Christmas spirit. So hopefully going through this devotional and counting down to Christmas and learning more about Christ's story as it relates to Christmas and being able to find joy will help to usher in more of the spirit of the Lord because the spirit of the Lord is where we get our joy. And so my prayer would be that this not just get them in a joyful season just for Christmas, but this joyful season will carry on the rest of the days of their lives. So thank you so much, Christine, for being here. I appreciate it, everyone. I know that this episode has blessed you as much as it has blessed me. Share, share, share this and share it today because Christmas is coming soon and everyone needs this book. You all go get this book and put it in people's stockings, especially people that you know are crabby pants, even around the Christmas time. Give them this book so they can get some joy. So everyone, thank you. And I look forward to seeing you back here on the next episode of A God Shift. Have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.